Father, this morning we come to you, Lord. We just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you for the gift of life. Every day we receive it freely from you, Lord. The life, everything that goes along with it, freely we receive from you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We come at this day, come at your people here, your people online, all your people everywhere, Lord. By faith, we commit them into thy hands, that nail-pierced hands, O Lord Jesus. And we know, Lord Jesus, you commit them into the Father's hands. And no one can pluck us from the Father's hands. We are safe there, Lord. We are secure there, Lord. Before we commit our families, our children, everyone into their hands, O Lord, and you pray, Lord, as you did 2,000 years ago, you would bless us once again. You would lay your hands upon us and bless us once again, O Lord. Empower us, O Lord, today to do your will, to serve you today. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We turn to Psalm 100. Make a, jo- <coughs> make a joyful shout to the Lord, <coughs> all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Though today is Friday, it's still Thursday in the U.S., and it's Thanksgiving. Okay. It's very unique to U.S. Only, if I'm right, only three nations have a holiday called Thanksgiving, U.S., Canada, and if I'm right, Philippines too. I don't know whether they still have it. Okay, no other nation has a day called a day of thanksgiving. Okay, it's awesome. Okay. <coughs> a pastor entered a crowded restaurant and sat across a man who was already eating. Okay. He bowed his head and gave thanks. The man looked at him strangely and said, are you okay? Do you have a headache or something? And he said, no, I was just giving thanks to God for all his blessings. And the man sarcastically said, Oh, you are one of that. He said, I work hard for what I eat. And I do it by the sweat of my brow. I never thank anyone else for it. I don't have to do it. I just dig it in. And the pastor said, You are a lot like my dog. He also does it the same way. But I think it's not true. Dogs are grateful. If you watch their tail, they're very grateful. Okay, they cannot express it, but do they express it with their tail? Okay. So it's Thanksgiving, right? In the US. Okay. It's Thanksgiving. It's been a, honestly, it's been a very difficult year for everybody. It's been a very difficult, even for Elon Musk. Do you know how much he lost this year? 100 billion. Or one or two. 100 billion is what he's lost because Tesla's stock has come down. Facebook founder lost billions. So it's even for the richest man on earth, it's not been a good year. <laughs> and if Twitter doesn't take off and Tesla gets even more hit, he will lose more. So it does not matter whether you're poor or the richest man on earth. It's been very, very difficult times for God's people. But it does not matter. For God's children, we can always be thankful. Okay, we can always be thankful. And one of the ways to be thankful is when you wake up. Okay, when we wake up, the very fact that you woke up, <laughs> you have reason, reason to be grateful about. So perspective always matters. 
can be thankful you have to pay taxes because it means you have a job. <laughs> hmm? You can be thankful if your clothes are very tight. That means you have more than enough to eat. You can be grateful if your electricity bill is very high. That means you have AC for summer and heating for winter. It's just a matter of perspective. Okay. And mothers can be very grateful if you have piles of laundry. That means you have children. And as I tell my wife, we can be grateful mom is sick because between the two of us, we still have one parent <laughs> alive. Okay. So, Thanksgiving is very, very unique. Very unique. And it's, you see, let me read an excerpt. In 1789, President George Washington, okay, USS first president made this public proclamation. Not all of it, but parts of it. Okay. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging the grateful hearts, the many signal favors of Almighty God. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being. Who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be? Do you understand why that nation is under attack and all the liberal media is mocking Thanksgiving? You need to understand this is the foundation of America, the first president's proclamation. And that's why always yesterday, the last Thursday of November is set apart. It's a day of giving. Thanksgiving to the Lord. But before he did it, when the pilgrim fathers came in, that is how the origin of Thanksgiving, and I want to read an excerpt, it's very interesting, okay, about the pilgrim fathers. But have you ever considered that no Americans were more underprivileged, because we are always talking about privilege, 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 more underprivileged than that small handful from the Mayflower, who started the custom of setting aside a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God. They had no permanent homes. They had no government <coughs> agency to help them build their homes. They had no means of transportation but their legs. Their only food came from the sea and the forest, and they had to get it for themselves. They had no money, no place to spend it if they had any. They had no amusements except what they made for themselves. No means of communication with their relatives in England. No social security or Medicare. And anyone who dared to call them underprivileged would have probably ended up in the stocks. For, <coughs> for they did have four of the greatest human assets. Initiative, courage, and a willingness to work, and a boundless faith in God. Okay. If you want to call somebody underprivileged, they were there. They had nothing. They had nothing. And those forefathers, you know, and what their legacy they left behind, literally built before our eyes the greatest nation the world has ever seen. So they kept a day for Thanksgiving. And the first president kept a day for Thanksgiving. But if you go to First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, if I am right, God's people, we are not supposed to give a day for Thanksgiving. Our life is to be thanks living. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. 
Okay, that's why I said, even if you have nothing, the fact that you opened your eyes, you can give thanks because you have a day ahead to make something. He's given you life. He's given you strength. He's giving you opportunities. That's why the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Okay, let everything. So we, I mean, wouldn't actually in his actual proclamation, he said, but think about it. If every nation in the world set a day apart just to thank God. Think about it. Every nation. Okay? Every nation on earth declared. We will keep this day of the year and the only thing, it's a public holiday and all we will do as a people is thank God for all his blessings. How great it would be, right? So if you look around, we all have reasons to thank God. It's only perspective matters. Okay, you can give thank you, can thank God for paying taxes because that shows you have an income. <laughs> okay, so everything. So we turn to Psalm hundred. <coughs> First thing, make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands. Okay, if you, if you, if you, it's just five verses. Okay, all the little ones here. Abigail, you're tall but little. Okay, your length, your height is not your age. Okay, you're tall but little. And Emmanuel, Siri, and Sada. Today's homework, it's Thanksgiving holiday, memorize Psalm 100. Only five verses. Only five verses. Very small. Okay. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. If you look at it, the psalmist address not to America, not to Israel, but the psalmist says, it's called a psalm of thanksgiving, if you look at the title, all the lands. And if you look at the last verse, it's all generations. His truth endures to all generations, to all lands and all generations. When this was written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this truth should endure to all generation, including our generation. Okay? So what is the first thing it says? Shout to the Lord. How come? How, what kind of a shout? A joyful shout. A joyful. I mean, what does it mean? A joyful shout to the Lord, all your lambs. Okay? It's a story told about a missionary, actual story about a missionary in a third world country. And he was... Uh, uh, his mission was in a particular place where all the people, as they grew older, they started losing their sight. So, But he had the medication for that. So what happened is that they all came to him and found that a generation could grow up without losing their sight. But in their language, they did not have thank you. So... They did not say in their language, thank you to him. But what they had, the substitute in their language is that we will declare your name. The closest to saying thank you is that when we go out, we will declare your name. That is what it means. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. We will declare your name. All you lands, we should declare your name. It's a shout of joy. A shout of joy. We will declare your name. We have so much to be thankful about. So much to be thankful, especially God's people. Even the others, if you were to look around, they still can be can be thankful about. And we, God's people, no? a shout of joy. That's what the Bible says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You have to say it. You cannot wake up in the morning without thanksgiving. That should be an instant, automatic, default setting. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. So the Bible says, you know what? Make a joyful shout. Make a joyful shout. Okay, be joyful. Not any shout. Be joyful. Declare his name. You know, enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with thanks, courts with praise. Joyful. There should be joy. You cannot remember Sunday message. That joy cannot be taken away. You take joy away, everything falls apart. Joy is something which is part of our salvation. Make a joyful. Okay, The children of Israel in the desert, they were not joyful. They were a grumpy. Grumpy people. Okay, A tourist 
uh, went to Mexico and there was this particular place where they had side by side a hot spring and a cold spring. And the women used to bring their clothes and first soak it in the hot water and then wash it in the cold water. You know, hot water, if you boil, the dirt goes off better. Okay, so the tourist was asking the guide, they must be very grateful. He said, no, they're very upset. God did not provide them soap. That was the children of Israel. It didn't matter what God gave them. Their eyes were only on things which they did not have. Okay. You know, the problem is, if our eyes are on what God has given us, we would be able to rejoice. But if our eyes are on what God did not give, then we will start grumbling. We become a murmuring and a grumbling generation. So the first thing the psalmist says, an act of thanksgiving, is that, you know, make a joyful noise, make a joyful shout. Joy should be factored in. You cannot allow, even David realized, okay, that's what he's upset about. He's asking the Lord, restore unto me. He was a very joyful character. It didn't matter his status, where he was. He was a very joyful character and he always made joyful songs to the Lord, okay? Joy, remember the first thing is that I am declaring his name. If I look at we know that psalm, no? Count your blessings, no? no? Count your blessings. We know that song, no? We think about it, no? Honestly, we think about it. We all think we reach where we are because of who we are. I'm telling you, it is not true. I realized it when I reached the flow. See, in school, college and all, I was cat's whiskers because I always stopped in English. But when I reached the flow, I realized you touched anybody, he was a ranker. And I wasn't a ranker. <laughs> Everyone you looked around was a ranker. And you realize you reached there only by the mercy of God. Like if you were to look at all the others, and if you had said only first and second and third rankers from universities are allowed in Aunda made it. Okay, so we need to realize, actually, if you look into the world, you will see, you know what, you see people who are really, really smart, better than us. That's what he was telling Israel. I did not choose you because you were smart. I did not choose you because you were big or large. I chose you because you were the smallest. Okay, the smallest. And if we are really saved, it is because we were poor. Not because we were rich. Okay? Because it's very difficult for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God. So when God saw our poverty and in our poverty we turned to God, that's when God saved us. So we have so much to be grateful about, especially in eternity. We'll be making a lot of joyful shouts. Joyful shouts. Okay? Joyful shouts. The next thing, the second command over there is, no, verse 2 is, serve the Lord. Not just serve the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord. First thing God says, you know what? When you wake up, surrender your body to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to serve you. Whatever, wherever you have placed me, I want to serve you. You see in Exodus chapter 7 and verse 16, when Pharaoh is being told to let Israel go, you shall say to him, who? The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go. For what? That they may serve me in the wilderness. Let my people go. Let my people go. That they may serve me in the wilderness. He didn't tell the Pharaoh everything. To the children of Israel, he said, I'm taking you to the place flowing with milk. You don't have to tell the enemy everything. You tell the enemy you are only going to the wilderness. But God tells people from the wilderness is another point. But even in the wilderness, no, even in the wilderness, even if you are going through a state of life which is like a wilderness, you know what God wants us to? God wants us to serve him. God wants us to serve him. And when he brings them into the wilderness in Deuteronomy 10 and verse 13, he says, this is 
Okay. Yeah, no, the other one where he says, you shall serve him only. Okay, that's okay. We can, where he tells them in the law, I want you to keep my commandments, keep his statutes, and he says, I want you to serve him only. Serve him only. The thing is that we need to realize, if we don't serve God, we will end up serving somebody else. Even if you are serving yourself, you end up serving the devil. Because no one can serve. Yeah. Okay. Now the Lord Israel. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. That's what. Okay, serve God. Serve God. That's what God is asking us, you know, serve God. And if we don't serve him, we'll end up serving. And if we serve ourselves, we end up serving the enemy. And that was what the devil was offering, tempting Jesus on that mountain. And you know what Jesus said? Only you shall worship the Lord and serve him only. And here the psalmist says, you know, the Thanksgiving psalm, he says, you know what? Serve him. Serve the Lord. But he makes a rider over the very important rider. Serve him with gladness. Serve him with gladness. It is important. God's people have to learn to serve him with gladness. And little children over here, when your parents tell you to something to do, do it with gladness. It is important because children learn this all at home. They don't really know God until they encounter God like Samuel did in the temple. You hear from God for the first time and after that Hannah's God becomes Samuel's God. Till then, God has put parents in their life, a dad and a mom is put in their life. When they tell you to do something, it is not enough that you obey. It is important that you obey with gladness. Why? I'll tell you. Go to Deuteronomy 28. And verse 47 and 48. When we do not serve God with gladness. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore you shall serve your enemies. You see that? We'll end up serving your enemies. Okay. Who are the enemies? The enemies are those who don't like you. Enemies are those who will use you. Because you did not serve. Why? Not because you did not serve God. But because you did not serve your Lord, your God with joy and glad. Let's, that's, I mean, if you look at the languages of serving Thanksgiving, that's where the enemy, the enemy, they have gone. Who are they serving now? They're serving the enemy. The children are gone. The young people are gone. The borders are open. Cities are no longer safe. People don't even walk around in the city. Subways are not safe. India is, most parts of India is more safer than parts of New York. And still everybody wants to go to New York. Think about it. How did that land become like that? Because a generation came which did not serve the Lord their God with joy and gladness. And God says, you know what? You will end up serving your enemies. You see, the prodigal son was, he just wanted to leave home. Because he did not want to serve his father with joy and gladness. My question is, at the end of the story, where did he reach? Whom did he start serving? Because you cannot live life without serving. You will end up serving somebody. And he has now hired himself to a citizen of a far country who sent him to pick, um, take care of pigs. And he's so hungry that he wants to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs sent. What happened? How did you reach there? Because you did not serve your father who was a kind and a generous man. Maybe a tough man, but a kind and a generous man with joy and gladness at the end of your life with all that your father has given you. You have ended up serving whom? Your enemies. Okay. And this is what God is talking about. God is saying that, you know what? It is not just serving God. He says, serve God with joy and gladness. And little children, when your parents parents tell you to do any chores, whatever it is, short, long, difficult, easy, it does not matter. Do it with joy. Because your, your exaltation lies in that. You need to realize there was only one son of Jacob 
who served his father with joy and gladness. That's why he heard he's the other sons of Jacob and he brought a terrible report to his father. Daddy, do you know what they talk behind your back? Do you know what these kids do? Okay. Because they had no joy or gladness in serving their father. Okay. And yet, famine hit them. You know? Where did they end? If there was no Joseph, think about it. If there was no Joseph, you know what would have happened? They would have all perished in the famine. They, their children, Israel, the ten tribes would have been wiped out. Because there was a young man who served his father with joy and gladness, God used that man to protect the others. So these are spiritual truths individually to be taken wherever you are placed. You know, learn to thank God and learn to serve with joy and with gladness, not with a long face, not with a grumpy face. You know, there are two kinds of cakes that are made during Christmas. One is for those who are happy, it is called plum cake. And those who are sad, it is called glum cake. Okay, so when this time when you order, be very clear what you want. If in plum cake you get you get all kind of nuts and fruits and plums and all that. In glum cake you get bitter gourd. Sliced neatly. Okay, so you cannot serve with a long face. You cannot serve with a long face. Okay, and that is that is where you have to remember. These are things we are I meant today. Like I said, we are a blessed generation. Even if you cannot sing, you can put your headphones and sing along. And how many wonder? Think about a generation like that. You know, generation like that. We are a blessed generation. We have every kind of gadget that can help us in singing. Okay, singing. Because singing is a sign of gladness. And then come to verse, the next, same. Go to Hassan 100. Verse 2. Okay. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. That's why we praise and worship first. I don't know whether we praise and worship first. At least we have it. <laughs> but the simple question is that, did we begin our day singing? Okay. If you look at that construction of that sentence very clearly, it says, Come before his presence with singing. That means there is movement. The one who is giving thanks to the one to whom thanks is being given. Come before his presence. Like today, it's Thanksgiving holiday for some little children. So you came from there to here. This is one fundamental issue I have with the church for the people who come to church after praise and worship is over. You have not come before him. With singing. I don't know. And some people are regular in that. It doesn't bother, seems to bother them at all. It should bother us. It should bother us. You cannot miss that 25, 30 minutes, whatever is given in this, on a Sunday regular service. What is that first thing? How do we, we have to come before Him, before His presence with singing. But what happens to be if we come into His presence after the singing is over, congregational singing is important. It's part of our worship. It's a part of a kingdom culture. You cannot miss it. You cannot miss it. These are things which you can never miss. These are fundamental truths in the Bible. This is how you approach a king. This is how you go before God. These are things that are taught. You know? Serve the Lord with gladness. It's not just serve the Lord. How do you serve God? With? Yeah, can I shut the door? Please, somebody there. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before His presence with singing. No? So there is a word that is used, come before. Come before. Come before. Meaning there's movement. You have to move from one place to another place. And specific, like today, you are here. But let's talk about a typical day. It is a Sunday. It's a Sunday. And nine o'clock worship begins. And if you are listening today online somewhere, and you are never church on time, 
you have broken a law in the spirit. You know, what happens is, your problems will only pile up. Because if you don't come to the presence of God, how can those problems be solved? Who can solve these problems? Only God. See, none of us are, none of us are exempt from these rules. Not even me as being the pastor. They ask my wife every Sunday, that's my mistake. We need to reach on time, before time, before time, before time. Don't delay me, don't delay me, don't delay me, don't delay me. Because I cannot even think of reaching church after time. It's, it's, you should factor these things. We think we are exempt from these rules. We are not. None of us is exempt from the rules. Even his own son was not exempt from these rules. When the son came in, that's the life we lived. We have to reorder our lives. We have to learn to reorder our lives and put, because there is order in his kingdom, there is order in his courts. And we have to, because when we go from this place and young people grow up in other cities, these are things which are your default setting. You know what? It doesn't matter which church I go to. I'll be there before time. And I will go joyfully. And I will go singing. I will come, because it's saying, come before. So there is movement. When you serve, God says, serve with gladness. It's not just serve. Because we looked at that portion. These are important verses. Okay, important verses. Go back to there again. Deuteronomy 28, 47, 48. Get this in your hearts and your spirits. Okay, it doesn't matter where you are placed, what job you are. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. What did he do? Verse 48. He gave you over to you. You shall serve your enemies. So the question we need to ask is, who are we serving? Who am I serving? Am I serving my God? Or am I serving my enemies? Remember Gideon's time? Why is he hiding in a wine press with his harvest? Because when the harvest came, the enemy came and took it all. Why was the enemy allowed to come and take it all? Because God says, you did not serve me. Like I said, no, there are laws set. In the, that's why God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's simple as it. Why should I seek the kingdom of God? Because the kingdom of God is established on laws, which if I break, it works against me. If I keep, it works for me. Okay? It's like gravity. Like I like no? All you have to do is prove gravity, drop it. Now, all if you can sit there and drop various things, it will all fall. Why? Because the law is applicable to everybody. So there are laws God, which God has established. And these laws we cannot break. You look before our eyes, you look what is happening to a nation whose first president who is proclaimed a day should be set apart to give thanksgiving. Now they are mocking that too. How did this nation reach where it reached? Simply, verse 48 and 47 48, they did not serve God with joy and gladness. So what did God give? God gave them over to their enemies. Give them over their enemies. So there's only one way to come back, because God is a God of mercy. Come back is, come back to that. Come back to that. You know, you can always work it out. Nobody is more important than God. That's why I say, you know, put this away. Put this away. When the service begins till the service ends, don't get into this. If I keep it, it's only because of something coming in from the underground church. Otherwise, I don't read any message. I will not. I will not. See, in the pastor's conference, taking calls, going outside. You can't do that to God. Nothing is more important. And nobody is more important. If you could wait till 9 o'clock, it can wait till 12 o'clock on a Sunday. 12 It can wait. Unless it's you, it's a life and death matter. That's a different thing. And then we need to be very smart. We don't be like that three men who watched that man and walked away. And God says, no, that's not what you do. The good Samaritan is the one. In that case, those are cases which are different. Otherwise, no. Otherwise, no. We have to get these things in because none of us are exempt from this. Oh, I am pastor, I've been in ministry for 30 years, gravity won't work for me. No, it does. It does. I'll end up in the hospital with fractures. Hmm? So the simple thing is that, you know what? The Bible says, enter into, with how? Come into his presence with? Say, make it a practice. He's not looking whether you are talented. 
you know he's not looking whether you have the gift of singing he's not looking whether you can play a guitar he's not looking at any of those things none of these things matter to god okay none of these things matter to god what matters to god is our attitude do we come do we come okay because that's the power of a song okay that's the power of a song serve the lord with gladness come before his presence with singing and verse 3 Why do we do all this? What is the reason behind all this? Okay, because He is God. We are declaring our dependence. We are declaring our dependence. That is the whole idea. We are declaring. He told Israel, "I'll bless you. I'll make you wealthy. But when you grow wealthy, do not forget. Where did you get the ability from? I gave it." That's the whole thing. Know that the Lord he is God. It is who who made us, not we ourselves. It's a simple question we all need to ask ourselves: Is where did we reach where we are? You know, Alex Huxley. I don't know if you remember. I read his book called Roots when I was in school. Roots was a was a harbinger kind of. It's a black man finding his American African American. who tracked down and found his roots from where he came in from in africa it's a very 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 famous novel called roots alex huxley fam right yeah not other alex huxley so alex huxley had a painting on his wall which was a turtle or a tortoise sitting on top of a fence so people used to always ask him what is this strange picture you have he said it's to remind me the turtle did not get there on its own he had help <laughs> Super. <laughs> Super. <laughs> so he said that is always to remind me i didn't reach where i reached on my own i had help on the way wow. none of us reached where we are if god was in there whether we knew him whether we did not know him whether he acknowledged us we did not acknowledge him it didn't matter that's what the bible the psalmist is saying why do we give thanks to god because know that he is lord know that the lord he is god he is god it is he who made us that is common for everybody whether you are believer or unbeliever atheist you can name yourself it is he who made us not we ourselves not we ourselves nobody made themselves there are a lot of people who are it's deep within them who have worked hard and achieved a position fame success money whatever it doesn't matter how much you try to tell them deep inside they have a feeling a part of them they made themselves and they're proud they're proud how do you know they are proud listen to their responses and you will know always listen that's why you listen to people when you talk you listen to their responses you will realize you know what deep inside how strong the self is how strong the self is they have not read psalm 100 or they don't believe in it that it is he who made us and not we ourselves it is not just not talking about creation it's talking about everything else where i am i am today is i didn't reach here on my own i could not have reached here on my own could not have reached here on my own no it is see at every point he was there any day he could have decided okay this is your last day he didn't every step of the way he was there god was there that's what the bible says all of creation declares the glory of god to actually you no know, actually because when your self is touched it is like those shoes of a little babies wear no put the pin pee it will make a sound no when your self is touched there is immediately a response and you will know you believe you made yourself need yourself and these are things so why should we shout with joy why should i serve god with thanksgiving why should i enter his presence with singing why why because know the lord he is god 
It is he who made me, not I myself. Then when it comes to personally, it's the redeemed, saved people. We are his people. We are his people. And not only that, we are the sheep of his pasture. Sheep of his pasture. We are his people. And not only that, what kind of people are we? We are the sheep of his pasture. The problem is, though we say sheep, nobody wants to be a sheep. Everybody wants to be a shepherd. You know what it means? Not that they want to be pastors. Nobody wants to be pastors. No, no, no. That's not what I meant. Sheep has to be led. The shepherd leads. Nobody wants to be led. Everybody wants to be a leader. Nobody wants to lead. Nobody wants. But that's not what God says. He says, you are my people. And you are the sheep of my pasture. The problem is that though we think we know, we don't know. We don't know where the green pastures are. We don't know where the still waters are. And when the value of shadow of death comes, we don't know what to do. <laughs> Yesterday, when I went back in the night, I was sitting with mom. And she was looking at me and I said, I asked her, who came in the morning? She said, second son. And I said, who is sitting with you now? She said, youngest. I said, okay, we are still functioning. Then I suddenly remembered, I think out of the blue, the Lord reminded me one song, Malayalam song, which she likes very much. Okay. Uh, and I found it on my phone and I put it near her ears. Okay. It's a very beautiful song in Malitratolam Yehovah Sahaichu, meaning till, till now the Lord has helped me. Till this place you have brought me. Okay, so I put it over there and she slowly started tapping her chest, listening to that song. Okay, the simple thing is that it's good, at least towards the latter part of your life, you acknowledge it. But what if you learn like David to acknowledge it very early? How blessed are you? Because it doesn't matter whether you are a little child sitting here or an older person standing here. This is the truth. This is the truth. It is who who made us, not we ourselves. And we are his people. And the sheep of his pasture, and the problem with sheep, unlike any other animal, is they cannot find their way on their own. We don't know where the green pastures are. We don't know. We don't know where the still water. We think it is green, and when we reach there, we realize it is not green. We think it is still, but when we reach there, it's full of conflict. Otherwise, why are marriages full of conflict? But when you decided to marry this person, you thought it was still waters. It is not still, it is muddy. We don't know. But there is one who comes and takes to green pastures, still waters, restores our soul. Even though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you cannot, you don't have to fear evil. What is evil? Evil is condemnation. Evil is judgment. Evil is perdition. You don't have to fear that. But you do not, cannot fear that only if you are the sheep of his pasture. Even in the wilderness, okay, where you have no access to anything. No, because the days are very bad. Wilderness is a place where you do not have resources. What does he do? The psalmist says, he spreads a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And the history of Israel, it is not one day. This is not two days. It was 40 years he spread a table for them as in the eyes of their enemies. 40 years. Even when they asked for something which God was not happy with, he still gave it to them so much. It was not little. It was so plentiful. That's what God is talking about. No. We need to understand why are we able to thank God? Because you know what? We are the sheep of his pasture. Therefore, I don't have to fear. I have a shepherd. I have a shepherd. Okay. Every evil that United States, which is observing Thanksgiving, is going through, every evil that is they have gone through in the last 60 years or so, it's multiplied suddenly is because the day they said, take God out. God said, you don't want me? Like he told Israel, you don't want me? I will leave. I am not going to be where I am not welcome. 
Okay, you have to welcome him. All this is basically welcoming him into your house, into your life, into your establishment. Welcoming him. Because God is like that. He has given us a free will because he has a free will. In my free will, if I do not invite God with a shout of joy, with thanksgiving, serving him with gladness, he will say, okay, you don't want me, I will leave. And we are looking before our eyes what happens to a nation that asks God to leave. What happens to a nation? What happens to a life? What happens to a home? What happens to a person? Read that narrative in First Samuel. The spirit of the Lord left Saul, departed Saul. And then read the rest and you will realize, where did this man who became a changed man with a new heart when the spirit came upon him, now what is happening to him in the presence of God loves, leaves him? can happen to an individual can happen to a home, can happen to a nation. We should never, ever forget who we are. We are not of ourselves. We are of God. We are His people. What kind of a people? We are the sheep of His pasture. And God said, you know what? We are the sheep of His pasture. That means what? He will determine and guide us to our pastures. And we should have this what John the Baptist had said, a man should not receive anything that is not of God. Nothing. Should not have. It will, it will not go well with us. We should not have anything that is not of God. And the Bible says, you know what? Every perfect and good gift comes from above. Who is he? The father of lights. And there's no shadow of turning with him. Because he's, a, he's not just a shepherd. Jesus said, I'm a good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. These are the things we should remember on Thanksgiving as a nation, U.S. as a nation. Therefore, you know what? I can joyfully declare his name. I can serve him with gladness. I can come into his presence with singing. Why? Because I know he's a good shepherd. And not only that, we his people know. No, I always say, you know, read Revelation 21, 22. But before that, read John chapter 14, 1 and 2. Right? They're very comforting verses, even in the worst of days. Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. They're very troubled. Very troubled. Okay, remember Judas has gone. He's been telling death, 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 crucifixion, death, this thing. They are very, very down. Very down. Okay, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you see that? Can I verse 3 also? I'm right here. What does it say? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And that's where I am. There you also may be. Do you see that? Now, I don't know, like, um, Pastor Vijay and Justin are doing their new place up so. Pastor Vijay, I'm going to home lane, I'm going to this lane, and I'm going to that lane. I understand. You look at all these architects and all these places, no? Because the, the, the house or the building is actually in the hands, not of the engineer, the architect is the one. Look into the universe. Do you know who the architect is? God. And that God, who is the architect of this universe, is saying, I'm preparing a place for you. So what do you think that place is like? (laughs) What do you think that place is like? Do you know why he says, eyes haven't seen or ears heard? But God is preparing for those who love him. Do you know what it means to be the sheep of his pasture? That's why we can, even if you do not have a place on earth and you live in rent for the rest of your life, it really does not matter. Because we have the architect of this universe preparing a place for us. In the meantime, he gives places of our own and we beautify. Praise God, because that is his nature. That's he who is. He did not create anything ugly. If we don't like the way we look, it's only because of sin. Sin marred. Adam did not look like us. Eve did not look like us. They were clothed in glory. Sin marred. But don't worry. I tell I've told the church in this thing. Don't even worry about when you look in the mirror. I don't like myself. Don't worry. Because we are going to get a body which is unbelievable. But it is dependent upon us how that body will be. 
you can get a body you can really like if you are focusing on the inner man as stars differ in glory so will the saints even though the outer man is perishing the question is is the inner man so focus on it god says i understand so you don't like your height you don't like your color you don't like your looks don't worry i also don't like it if i liked it i would not be transforming you i don't like you i'm transforming you and i'm trying to conform you to the image of the sun okay of the sun so see you think about anything in life god's children have no reason to be upset or disgruntled because what god for has for us and what does he call us for all the animals on earth the most even a chicken can take care of itself except the sheep sheep is totally helpless its default setting is how to get lost no defense nothing and god comes and picks that thing and says i am your shepherd i am your shepherd and you are the sheep of my pasture and then he says you know what enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise so how should we enter his gates with thanksgiving no thanksgiving think about it honestly think about it i don't know whether you really are happy about your salvation when my siblings come to visit me and i look at them you know what how are they doing extremely well in the world when i look at them i thank god for my salvation thank god for my salvation i look at them and i look lord lord if you didn't have mercy on me if you didn't have mercy on me i would not have known you i would have been caught so you know what you feel sorry that they don't know god at the end of the day i'm telling you you know at the end of the day the only thing matters is do you know the sun like i said there are two questions do you know the sun if it is a no then i have to deal with your sin if you know the sun sin has been dealt with that's why we can enter his gates with thank much more than the old these are all prophetic psalms for the new covenant they didn't have they didn't have this understanding like we have it was hidden for them but revealed unto us so god says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise no i don't know about you lord has been good to me lord has been good to me i may be because you are all smart and i was not honestly i was not i told you that's how i grew up i had no language i could read i couldn't speak i couldn't do everything that i tried which i liked i failed i wanted to learn music i could never learn i wanted to learn driving i could never learn everything that i wanted to do actually in life i actually could not no i could not okay the only thing i could do was i could read <laughs> i could write Okay, now that's not a big thing to read. Okay, anybody can read if they put their heart to it. When I could end, and I could write. That too, not really. No, I wasn't that good at writing either. Okay, the problem is if you need to write well, you need to know grammar, and I hated grammar because it was science. So I could read. Good to read. You didn't need grammar. So if you look at it, I'm very grateful where I am because I look back and I see it was always God. always god it was god honestly i can look back and say you know what i can count my blessings right from the beginning i can count my blessings okay i can count and look back you know because when you look back now like especially with mom in the state trees you always go back you always go back and you look back and you will realize you know what your steps were ordered by god even before you knew him 
even before you knew him. And he had factored everything in. And you can really be thankful. Honestly be thankful. Because you know what? We have to be very, very careful about this, what we call this entitlement mentality. Even the families in which you were born, which made you what you are, if God had to change it around. See, this is the one... See, it all begins with birth, right? And we had no control where we were born. What if God had changed it around from the big house to the slum and from the slum into the big house? You would have been in the slum. You would have been in the slum. Okay. We would have been in the slum. So we need to realize right from the beginning, we look back, we need to be grateful. And an attitude is that, you know what? We enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be thankful to him. Be thankful is an attitude. Giving thanksgiving is expressed. One is gratitude, the attitude of gratitude. Enter his gates with thanksgiving means we express it. We express it. Okay, That's the sad thing which you see when you go through the Gospels. You will see very rarely people thanking Jesus. While Jesus would have taken even the smallest thing at the end of his life, even his own life in that cup and thank his father. Yet, you will hardly see people thanking him. And that's why Jesus is very happy with that Samaritan leper who comes back and thanks God. And he said, there were ten. Was only one? Okay. So God expects it from us. You know, because think about it. Now honestly think about it. If you don't sleep for one day, how do you feel? If you don't sleep for two days, how do you feel? If you don't sleep for three days, how do you feel? You know God never sleeps. One, God never sleeps. Two, He's always watching over His people. Always watching I'm not saying that he needs to sleep. But think it in our own terms. Why can't he sleep? Because all the gods of this world sleep. Why can't he sleep? He doesn't sleep. Two, why should he watch over his people? Why should he watch over his people? He watches his people. 24-7. You know? So we can be grateful. I mean, if we have to look at the reality of what spiritual realm is. Okay? Because if we treated him the way no, if he treated us the way we treat him. Look at Psalm 103 verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. No punished us according to our iniquities. Think about it. If he dealt with us the way we deal with him. Now we only read this, but you have to read the whole context. Read from verse 8. Context is beautiful, okay? 8 to 14. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is mercy toward those who fear him. As far as east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. And verse 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are. He knows our? That's our problem. We don't know our frame. He knows our frame. We wish we also knew our frame. Remember what we are. We are dust. We are dust. The frame is what you see in the mirror. That's the frame. That's what we are. That frame, everybody's frame, is dust. And if only we went beyond the frame into that part that matters, that soul. That's why the Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. 
bless the Lord, oh my soul. But we are looking at our frame. And God says, I remember your frame. I want you also to think about your frame very seriously. This frame over which you spend all your time and energy and treasure, is just dust. I want you to focus on your soul. Because that is for which I died. Your salvation is a redemption of your soul. The end of your faith is the salvation of your soul. Of your soul. Look at your soul. Okay, and we look at our soul, we will be grateful. If we forget our body, look at our soul, we will be grateful. The first thing, you know what? I have a redeemed soul. I have a... My soul has been saved from perdition. Don't look at your body. The problem is we are looking at our body and we get so upset. Look at your soul. Are you saved? Do you know what it means? Do you know what it means? That if your soul is saved, one, you will never go to hell. Two, you will never be separated from the presence of God. That's where the psalm is. You go to Psalm 103 and verse 1 onwards. You know what? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the soul, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases. And what did he do? He redeemed your life from destruction. Destruction. Okay. I'm telling you honestly, you know, honestly, none of the things that which we run after, you always should ask yourself, I'm putting all my energy and effort and strength into it. Five years from now, will it really matter? Really matter. Because I go every day, I look at my mother, the only things her eyes are looking for is people. She's not looking for anything. Yesterday was a very happy day because one son comes, they're coming. You know, that's all your eyes look at. When I go over there, what I'm looking at is that does she still see and recognize because other children come before that she loses to recognize them. Then life is over. You may be alive, but life is so. I'm telling you, the only thing that matter in life are people. God and people. Things don't matter. Achievements don't matter. Nothing matters if you have achieved something at the cost of people. It's worth nothing. That's what God said. The entire law and the prophet hangs on two things. Love God, love your neighbor. Entire law. Entire law. And we don't get that in. Get that in. And that's why Paul is talking in Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. All this is what people, the sheep of his pasture, run after in the new covenant. No? Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not loved. Think about it. You go to a typical Pentecostal church and there is somebody over there who doesn't speak in tongues. Okay. Yet he or she is an extremely kind, loving, generous person. And all of them speak in tongues. Who do you think God is looking at? That person who is loving and kind. Not this person. Because all the others are just a sounding. I'm not saying you should not. You should have this, but not at the cost of it. Meaning, even if you don't have this, you have this. You are still an overcomer. You are still a winner. Go to verse 2. Though I have the gift of prophecy, but today prophets are dime a dozen. Everybody is a prophet. Everybody wants to be a prophet. Gift and talk about. Understand all mysteries. Mysteries. All knowledge. I have faith that can move mountains. But I have not one. I am nothing. Why these are important is, okay, I go to the next verse, yes. Though I bestow all my God's goods to feed the poor. You know, that's how these big billionaires will, you know, all Bill Gates wants to give all his wealth away. Another fellow recently, Jeff Bezos wants to give all his wealth away before, when he dies. You know, what's the point? Do you love God? Do you pay the Amazon employees properly? The simple thing. It's a simple thing. That's what the Bible says. You rich men, your laborers' cry has reached because of the way you pay them. 
Okay, that's a simple thing God is talking about. Okay, the simple thing God is talking about. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, because you because religion does this. Man's religion does this. Man's religion can be very sacrificial for the sake of self. Though I give my body to be burned. Today we don't give our body to be burned. We give our organs. We write. And your name will also come in the newspaper. This person has given his body organs. And when he dies, helicopter takes his eyes. And God says, but it will profit you nothing. If you do not have love. If you really did not love God. And love man. It profits you nothing. It will profit somebody. Somebody else will take your eyes and look through it and won't even, you won't be there to say thank you. But it profits you nothing. Profits you nothing. So when we look at this and we understand who God is and what he has come to us and he says, you love God. Your response is this. This is your response. This is your response. Shout to the Lord. Okay. A joyful shout. Shout to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Whatever you are doing. Little children, all the little ones. Abigail, the tallest little one. Second is Emmy, Siri, Joanne, Amen, Sarah, all of you sitting over here. When your parents tell you to do something, please do it cheerfully with gladness. Do it cheerfully. You know what? You will learn it. Then a day will come when God will say something to you. You will automatically learn to do it cheerfully. It's important that you serve God with, even in the church. Do it with gladness. At home, at office, do it with gladness. These things matter to God. Otherwise, what will happen? You will end up serving your enemies. What are the, our enemies? Each one has their own enemies. You're not talking about people. They're talking about nature. You'll end up serving pestilence. You'll end up having famine. You'll end up serving all these things will finally eat you up. We don't want that. We don't want that. So we'll go to Peter again. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Terrible, no? And that's what happened to Israel. Nations before our eyes. 